What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Problematics Podcast. I'm Johnny. And it's your boy, Reese. Today, we're going to have a little fun, um, you know, with everything going on, us being uh, stuck at home, locked in our houses, nothing's open past 8 o'clock, and we can't do nothing. We're gaining appreciation for the streaming services. Glue to the TV, man. I got Disney+. Plus. I got Netflix. I got Hulu. <laughs> I got Prime. <laughs> And I just signed up for this thing called Peacock. It's an NBC streaming. Okay, app. and let me tell you something. I need all those passwords because I got Netflix. I got. I'm going to give you the HBO password because you need to step your game up. Yeah, for sure. So what we decided to do today is uh, give you guys our top three favorite sitcoms, gangster movies, comedians, dramatic TV shows, comedy shows, movie franchises. So uh, we might get to all of those. Yeah. So. We're going to start with our top three gangster movies of all time. Yee! I'm going to go first with Godfather 1. It's a classic. Al Pacino was not even supposed to make it through that movie. He was supposed to get fired halfway through the movie. Word. It, it, the dailies, it didn't seem like he knew what he was doing. So he played young Vito Corleone in that movie. No, he played young Michael Corleone. Al Pacino played Michael Corleone. Vito was... Oh, uh, Robert De Niro. No, it was Marlon Brando. He played, Robert De Niro played him in two. You're right. Yes. Okay. So, um, so Godfather Church. One was probably the most sentiment, like the first movie I ever watched. Well, I would say I watched when I was 18, and like it was a cinematic. Like it was like you know, it was just more than just a you know, you throw a movie. Absolutely. In and I didn't, I didn't see The Godfather until I was in my 20s, and of course, I had heard a bunch about it before then. But you know what? I'm glad I didn't see it until my 20s because if I had watched it years earlier, I wouldn't have had the same uh, appreciation yeah. for it. Now. Actually, I, I no doubt, no doubt. Like the Sonny Corleone is so raw, and the Robert Duvall, like the way it was written, is incredible, man. And everybody needs a Luca Brazzi on their team, yeah. bro. Luca Brazzi, straight up. Yeah. No doubt. Slept with the fishes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a Quitter. dope. <laughs> no, you know what? That's a dope movie about family yeah. and loyalty, and uh, you know what I'm and saying. Murder. <laughs> yeah, and, and bloody murder. You know the game is cold, boy. Yeah, it's, uh, it does it. it uh, you know, you watch that movie and then you listen to the you know hip hop and you, oh, so many things were picked up, especially like a Nas's album and stuff like that. Like, yeah. from, from that movie. I mean, should we grew up with gangster references from these movies and yeah. shit. If you know, if you never seen the movie but you've heard the name Corleone a thousand times, yeah. that's the origin of it. We should give a little bit of history on it though. Just like you know, the Corleones were a, an Italian family from New York that kind of got ran out of there. Mm -hmm. They went to Nevada, blew up out there. Now was that in, in Lake Tahoe? Lake Tahoe. In Lake Tahoe. Yeah, those were four. Blew Vegas, up though. out there. The establishment tried to shut them down and. All kind of gangster shit ensued, but yeah, Michael Corleone, the main character, was Al Pacino, and uh, he was a he beast. was so cold he killed his own brother for stabbing him. Killed in the back. his own brother. And I was in Godfather too. You just stole one of my. Oh my bad. Go ahead, go ahead with your shit. Okay, so I'm gonna go Godfather too. <laughs> I'm gonna go, God, especially since I don't already gave up some of the game. Uh, but hell yeah, man, Godfather two was dope in that it sort of served as a prequel. To Godfather yeah. One, where it told I, you I like where that. Vito Corleone, the patriarch of the family, originated, and how he got his power by murking Don Chichi, uh, right, right? Who had a hit out on him and his family out back in Italy, where well Sicily, where the family was from. So Francis Ford Coppola, he directed, uh, he directed that and uh, Godfather One and Two, and then he directed Outsiders. Yes. So they're all books. They come from books. 
he so he you know he did a lot of flashbacks in Godfather 2. Yeah. But he uh there's a version out where it starts from when uh Vio Corleone's Robert De Niro okay. and goes all the way till Godfather 3 for some reason. Mm. But but you know what I'm saying so there's no flashbacks it's just one one right. fluid movie. So right. that's kind of and he did the same thing with Outsiders. Outsiders okay. the first cut was just you know but and then he did the whole book. Ah. So it's kind of cool. You did a good job of tying those together. But, yeah. What's your yeah. second favorite gangster? I'm gonna go with uh, Casino, just for pure comedy. I mean, Joe Pesci is so funny in that movie. How could I possibly be mad at that? Uh, dude, he is so funny in that movie because he is just like like a. He, a what was a, what did Joe Pesci play in that movie? Like break it down. For Nikki, us. he played Nikki, who was a violent criminal, degenerate. Like he, you know, he cheats on his uh, his best friend with his girlfriend, and you know, what I'm saying like that. And not even like romantic either. He grabbed her by the back of the head. And that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, know, so the, number one, the cast was just ridiculous because it was De Al Pacino. Uh, no, I'm sorry, no, no De Robert De Niro, Pesci, and Sharon Stone. Yeah, and the, and Don Rickles. Don Rickles. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's my man? James Woods was in that. Kevin too, Pollock. Bro. Yeah. Kevin Pollock. Yes, it has some hard hit. Kevin Pollock was in that. Kevin Pollock, Pioneer High School. Mustang. Really? Yeah. He from San Jose? Yeah, he's from San Jose. He went to my mother uh, and uh, a couple of her friends were in his year, in the early, uh, mid-60s. Is that a fact? Yeah. So. That's what's up. He was in another one of my... Ooh. Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's, that can be that's, considered a gangster movie. Yeah. That's but, honorable mention. It's yeah, not on my absolutely. list, but that's definitely honorable. So, yeah. So, uh, Casino is definitely number two about the greatest uh, sports better of all time. Mob... Protected him, held on to him, so they didn't need him anymore. Arnold Rothstein, uh, Ace Rothstein, Ace yeah. Rothstein. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, that's what's yeah. Said. The the mob held on to him till they didn't need him anymore. He was, you know, he he was a bigger liability than he was helping out. Yeah. yeah. So one what, thing I learned about the mob: if you can make him money, you're protected. Oh yeah. The second, that's, you that's, can't make that's money number anymore. one. It's about that dollar. You know what I mean? So so like so, I I, I kind of forget the premise of the movie. Uh, they send him out to Vegas. Uh, to kind of uh, to run the sports book, and uh, they send Nikki out, who's Joe Pesci, to kind of look after him, babysit him, That's make right. sure That's nobody right. nobody messes with him. That's right. Uh, Nikki runs wild in Vegas. That's Just, right. He runs. He's robbing pawn stores. He's you know making so, a fool out of himself. The, the dudes who ran the whole shit was a group of like this conglomerate of bosses in Kansas. City. They would come together in Kansas City, yeah, and some some guys back back of. I remember General now. Store or something like they that. They ended up getting 60-something million dollars from the Teamsters Union yeah. to buy this hotel. Absolutely. Yeah. Shit got crazy out there, yeah, too, that was, bro. I, that was supposedly tied into the killing of Jimmy Hoffa, that that, 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 that Kansas City conglomerate. Word. That, yeah. So yeah. They, had a, they had a lot to do with it, especially when it came to the uh, you know the workers' union, the yeah. unions and stuff like that. Well, so, shit. Uh, speaking of George Pesci, George Pesci, Joe, Joe Pesci <laughs> and Robert De Niro, uh, my second favorite, actually, it's probably my first favorite, but I'm naming Goodfellas. Come on, oh, naming the I think movie. that's probably Goodfellas the best. That it might be the best of all time, just because uh, I think Ray Liotta's so good in that movie. Go ahead, Ray Liotta's so I think he's the, the storytelling and, and, and how he goes about telling the story. And 100%. The best thing about Robert De Niro is he's ice cold in every movie and he doesn't come across like he gives a shit about you know anything. what I love about Robert De Niro. Is he's a scary ass dude when he wants to be. You ever see him in Cape Fear? Oh yeah, bruh. You right? Yeah, that should have give you bad dreams. But he can also give you 
the the, the funny ass dad who was a CIA agent and meet the parents. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Who's hilarious yeah. as hell. So, you know, he's a dope actor. He makes every part work. But Goodfellas was dope, man. Goodfellas, yeah. that was like the classic tale of... The fact, the fact that it was a true story. Is yeah, and that's, that's another thing, too. You know, we had a dude who was Irish, got accepted by, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Not telling. That's how you got to send it. Exactly. Early on, you know, exactly. enough, he, he, uh, he did time. He did whatever. So he was like an errand boy for the mob cats. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? He got pinched for selling illegal cigarettes, mm -hmm. went to jail, didn't tell. That's how they sort of figured out he was, uh, you know what I'm saying, solid. And then he just kind of built his career from there. Uh, but that shit was crazy, man. Yeah. So uh, my third, I switched up to the last minute. It's going to be a Bronx tale. Uh, the Bronx tale is a true story. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's actually uh, Chaz Palminteri, mm -hmm. his story. He was the kid on the, on the stoop. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he, you know, idolized Sonny and idolized his father and was kind of caught between both worlds. I just did a last minute switch too. Go ahead though. Okay. I'm going to let you finish. So uh, I saw, I actually got to see a one man show in New York on Broadway, Chaz Palminteri doing a Bronx Tale. Dude is dope. It was, it was incredible. It was, uh, no th doubt. that story is, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like um, just when you're, you don't, you're kind of looking for a, you know, who who you want to be and who you're going to be, and you're learning these two worlds, and yeah, and uh, it's uh, well, I think I think one of the interesting twists of that movie was the main character, who was the young Italian kid, ended up falling in love with a black girl who lived yeah. in the neighborhood, right. right? Which he knew would have created issues with the people he was trying to gain reverence yeah. with, right? I'm gonna tell you one thing I learned from watching that movie too, and I used to date a woman. Who actually said she saw that movie and sort of gained something from the same scene too? But you remember when Chaz was given, I forgot what the young dude's name. It was the same dude who played. It was uh, uh, Clojo. Okay. So, that's the so he was Clojo. like, yeah. See, this is how you know your girl is real. I know you know where I'm going with this. Oh, the. When y'all getting in the, the car, button. you open her door, let her in first. She's selfish broad. You that walk was... around to the other side. If she reach over and open it and yeah. unlock the door for you, that's right. she's a keeper because yeah. it's the little things that matter. If she don't unlock it, she ain't worth your time. Little mama unlocked it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then from then on, you kind of knew she was, you know, the one. But that was a dope movie, man. There was a lot of life lessons in that shit. You got a lot of game from it. And Robert De Niro was in that, too. Yeah, he actually uh, no directed doubt. that movie. Uh, he was the director of that movie. Let so. me go into my third, then you can give your third. Then. That was my third. That was your third. Yeah. The Departed. Yeah. Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon. Leonardo DiCaprio. People have talked bad about the movie because of the Boston accents, but I think Mark Wahlberg's Boston accent is phenomenal. Number that one, movie. that's pettiness. Who yeah. gives a damn? Like the story was dope, right? Oh, yeah. Because you had in that movie, you had Jack Nicholson, who was like was, you know the head honcho of the neighborhood. Okay, so Whitey Bulger. Okay, he was based on Whitey Bulger. Exactly. He ran everything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Irish. Didn't give a fuck, had beef with the Italians, but mm -hmm. he ran shit. Nobody could fuck with him, right? Then you had Matt Damon, who was his sort of surrogate son, who he convinced to become a police officer so Matt Damon could keep him apprised of what the police were doing. You know what the cold part about it is? Fucking crazy, bro. He didn't give a shit about Matt Damon the whole time. He, he was did. a tool to get what he Mark needed. Mark Warburg was in that movie, too. Was it up That's what I'm saying. His, his yeah. boss asset was phenomenal. He didn't the way he that. talked to Leonardo DiCaprio that whole movie yeah, was the best. Yeah, he was a cold piece, bro. Yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio was good in everything. I, yeah. I think that dude is such a good actor. And the cold part about it is he was kind of the most innocent person in the movie. 
You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, because they forced him to be undercover against the English, against the Irish mob. He was being used by the Irish mob. He was being used by the cops. He was being used by everybody. You know what I mean? So that was a good one. We recommend all these joints for all of y'all, by the way. Yeah. Man, these are dope-ass movies. And trust me, at least I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Feel free, yeah. Feel free to uh, hit us up on Twitter at, at ProblematicsThe and let us know who you think has the better list because uh, I believe I do. Um, we're going to go second. Let's go to top three comedies. Comedy movies? Comedy movies. What is your top three favorite comedy movies of all time? Again, I will go first. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Run that so, one down for it's us. It's just a wacky uh, Thanksgiving weekend. When did that come out? I was trying to get home. Late 80s. <laughs> trying to get home to my wife. And I got some fat dude following me around Chicago. Just trying to get, I'm trying to get back to New York. I got some John Candy. Right. You know, he's nice enough to share a hotel room with me, but ends up cuddling a little too much. It's the funniest movie you'll ever see in your life. Okay. If you love just, I mean, comedy and you can just... It's a great movie. Now man. I remember seeing it a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of those dudes are brilliant comedians. Yeah, play, yeah. C. Martin plays a great straight man, up. but John, John Candy farting and and, and, <laughs> and you know stretching, making noise with his knuckles, hey. taking his socks off on the planes. Hey, a around. fart is always good for at least one. Oh, but like, speaking of which, the movie that I'm coming to you with is one of my favorite. Uh, funny movies is Step Brothers. They have the famous fart scene and shit in there. Yeah. But Step Brothers was hilarious. Uh, my favorite part was when he's playing his drums and puts his balls on it. Puts his balls on his drums. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite. Let me let me run this down for everybody too, in case they haven't seen that, because not all these movies just came out. But Step Brothers is about basically uh, it, you got John C. Riley, Will Ferrell. They both play dudes in their forties who never left home. Yeah, right. Mama's boys and daddy's boys. One, yeah. <laughs> One dude's uh, parent uh, is the dad. Uh, he's a doctor. Uh, Will Ferrell's mom is, you know, she she does whatever the fuck she does. But the mom and the dad come together. These two are forced to become stepbrothers, and then just madness ensues. Yeah. They have all the same problems two twelve-year-old stepbrothers would have. But the kick to it is that they're fucking 45 years old. Can we just become best hilarious. friends? You want to do karate <laughs> in the garage? But my favorite scene is when uh, Will Ferrell's brother and his family were oh. in the car singing uh, Sweet Cherry Pie yeah. or some shit. Bruh, that yeah. shit had me weak. That movie, that movie was hella funny, man. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, What About Bob for my second What about film. Bob? Uh, Silent Dad. Richard Dreyfuss and... Uh, a hilarious Bill Murray who is neurotic as hell. About twenty times. You got you got to tell him about that one. Baby like steps it. to the couch. <laughs> baby steps to the baby steps to the elevator. Sure. It's just about a, a neurotic human being, and Bill Murray finds the, the psychiatrist of his dreams and won't leave him alone. Follows him on a lake vacation. Yeah, and, uh, it's it, it, it's hilarious. It just sort of Again, infiltrates the whole vacation. Again, this, this, yeah, <laughs> the psychiatrist not, family falls in love with Bill Murray, yeah. who's a fucking welcome nut. to the open arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and, and Richard Driver's like, yo, son is crazy. My we need to keep him away from the house. And the Richard Driver's like, is on Good Morning America. He's wrote a best-selling book, and Bill Murray's at the door. Yeah, oh, that's a good one, man. That is a good one. Holy smokes. I don't think I had anything written down for this week. I'm gonna have to say Friday though. Yeah, that's a that's a classic. You know, that's that's something to that to this day is timeless. And the beautiful thing about Friday 
is 90% of it took place on Craig's front porch. That's right. I don't think we got to give you too much it game on whole Friday. Because yeah. if you ain't seen Friday, you've probably been living under it's a boulder for day. the past 30 years. And you don't matter anyway. <laughs> but Friday, you know what I'm saying? That one, you know, I, we know we know that's a franchise and several other ones followed it. But, but you know, Smokey, Craig, Ezel, Debo, Red. Come on, man. John yeah. Witherspoon, rest in peace. Yeah. That was the perfect ensemble cast. Man. That was, movie was, was hilarious. Yeah, and, that was and, a- and, yeah. I remember it's first, timeless. We saw Marcus had won some uh, some tickets to the movies. Mm-hmm. The, we went, we all went and saw that, and mm-hmm. we thought it was hilarious. Yeah, got the bootleg copy, watched it every day while we played dominoes and everything. I, I, was, and you know the crazy thing about time. that movie is, if you grew up and, and and all of those characters in the movie represent somebody you knew. who you know, if you grew up in any hood USA, there's a Smokey in every hood. There's a Debo in every hood. There's a Craig in every hood. There's a Craig's dad. There's, you know what I mean? So everybody could relate to that shit. It was hilarious. And uh, for sure, man. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) one hundo. One hundo. My third is, it's an an 80s movie, man. Uh, I love uh, uh, old school 80s movies. Mm -hmm. Weird Science. Weird Science. Yeah, Yeah, okay, okay. Two dorks build a woman in their... uh, in their room in Chicago, mm-hmm. and to, and she they actually you know she actually comes through. Now I don't remember her name, Kelly LeBrock. She was she bad. She was back married, in she the, was married to, to Steven Seagal. Yeah. She was she was in uh, wasn't she in Mark for Death? Yeah, when she plays Mark for Death. Yeah, she was bad. She was yeah, she was bad. She could take a punch too. He beat the hell out of her. <laughs> I didn't know that. But he uh yeah so fucker yeah he was. That was those two guys, Anthony Michael Hall and Wyatt, or Wyatt was Bill Paxton's in there as the older brother Chet. Okay, you stupid. <laughs> That's where I remember that and, shit. Oh, dude. Okay, he, they get drunk and they go on an old blues club in Chicago. Okay, <laughs> Just give it to I remember seeing that shit, and he started talking jive. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I remember that. Okay, uh, kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's hilarious. I just had my third. Oh, coming to America. Oh yeah, coming Absolutely. to America. I know every line from that movie. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, like even to this day, I'm still quoting Dante. You know the what I'm saying? That is clean yeah. Highness. Prince Akeem from Africa is is a uh, falls in love with Lisa. Yeah, Lizelle. has, has <laughs> this arranged marriage to this to this chick who he's not uh, attracted to in any way because she's going to be subservient and he wants a real woman with real opinions and thoughts of her own. So he goes, so he goes to Queens, New York, because it's called Queens and he's looking for a queen. And then just all the craziness that goes along with that unfolds. And it's one of the funniest movies. That show, that movie right there. I know, I know you have the clumps and a couple other ones, but that showed you how talented that dude was. Oh yeah. And Arsenio Hall, because they played multiple characters. The old old white Jewish dude was Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm, Hell yeah. But think about that. That's black (laughs) folks trying to be thrifty though, trying to say, I'm going to play every part. I'm not going to pay The barbershop was my favorite part. Uh 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 And you know what? When he played the old white Jewish dude. I didn't know until I read the credits at the end. Right? When he told the joke about Ordering soup at the restaurant and how they give him a spoon, he was like, "Ah, that's beautiful. What is that, velvet?" <laughs> he said, "That's King King." <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
man. Coming to America, man. Part two coming soon, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait for that one. That's a classic joint. If you ain't seen it, you're tripping. You better go do it. We got time for one more uh, group. We're going to do top three comedians. Oh, wait a minute, though, because we got top three sitcoms and top three movie franchises. Okay, let's do the movie franchise. Let's do and, movie and franchises. And then part two, we'll do the comedians. Okay, okay, let's do that. Let's part two this thing. Movie franchises, I'm going to go with, I know you don't agree, which is crazy to me. This doesn't say much about you being much of an American, but a Rocky. <laughs> Rocky Balboa was a young street tough. Mm-hmm. Out of the streets of Philadelphia. He was a goon. He was a goon. He collected for the mob. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey found him, put put him in the gym. Who was Mickey? Mickey was the trainer in Philadelphia. Legendary trainer, by the way. Old dude. Yeah, trained champions. But uh, saw something in Rocky, much like Customato did in the young Mike Tyson. Word up. And uh, groomed him to, 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 he could just, think about Rocky, he could take a beating. You never see anybody take punches the way this guy took punches. Now, so I don't know if that made him a great boxer. Beat my ass, and I'm a still. But I'm stand not going anywhere. I'm coming. I'm coming at you hella hard. I mean, he's right. He had the best record. I'm gonna be honest. With you. He had the best record. How did he end up at the end of the Rocky? Was, was he cool? Everything was everything cool. Uh, at the end of the franchise. I mean, was he, he ended up know, training one of the greatest fighters of all time, in terms of uh, Adonis Creed. You ever heard of him? Look, nah, his, nah. his father was a guy by the name of Apollo Creed, who, who Rocky up, almost beat. Almost. How, how did Apollo Creed? Fall off the map. Well, a Russian yeah. goon named no, Ivan bad. Drago murdered him, which was tragic. But then Rocky climbed a mountain and then beat up uh, Ivan Drago no, in Russia. Know, the Rocky movie franchise is dope. Which, which, do, the whole line ended the Cold War, by the way. Ended the Cold yeah. War. Uh, Gorbachev gave up after that. So, you're welcome. Peace to Rocky. Yeah, Rocky Balboa is one mm-hmm. of them. I used okay. to watch those shows with my dad. It's a, fucking, it's, it's a great movie franchise. All three of my movie franchise picks are action joints. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to start with my favorite one, which is the Bourne movies. Bourne Identity. Fantastic. Bourne Supremacy. Except for the one with Jeremy Renner. What was the third one? Bourne Ultimatum. Yeah. Right? Now, I don't like the one with Jeremy Jason Renner. Bourne was this dude who went into this top secret government program where they basically erased his memory recreated him from the ground up after tearing him down, turned him into some cold-hearted assassin who didn't even remember his past, but was programmed to take out the you know the country's enemies, and he was a CIA spy. He was like the most sensitive CIA spy I've ever seen in my life. Because every time he couldn't remember something, he got really frustrated. Oh, was really mad. You know what I mean? So what you trying to say? Because I mean, when I don't remember shit, I get frustrated too. Well, I understand, but you're not a trained assassin. You know what I'm saying? How you're do you a, know that? You're a sensitive artist. How do you know that, bro? This is my cover. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Keep talking, and you're gonna see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jason Bourne was dope, right? He he woke he, he was dope, somehow man. just woke up and realized that not he a very was, good swimmer. They were, <laughs> neither am I, again, but I'm still a you know, but I'm still but whatever. No, the Matt Damon did a phenomenal job. No, he did a phenomenal job with that. And, and those movies were dope. Man. I'm talking about some of the best action scenes, and the plot was dope. You know what I'm saying? Uh the fight scenes uh, and the chase scenes. The whole premise behind him. Those chasings are incredible. Bruh. They're, they're so well choreographed. Like, it's yeah. Just, yeah. Kind of like on some Manchurian candidate shit where you got somebody brainwashed, they wake up, and then they and then you gotta you gotta bait your enemy now is the dude you train exactly. to be invincible. And and that's kind of how the whole story unfolded. Like, we trained you to be invincible, and now you're our worst enemy. And yeah, he he's unfatable. My second movie franchise is um it's Sylvester Sloan again. Uh, you need to stop. John what? Rambo. 
not only did he take out the Oregon Police Department because they treated him unfairly, he also went to Vietnam and got a couple of villages all by himself. He also popularized the red headband. Yeah, true. With no with no shirt. With no shirt. And um, it don't it don't count if you're killing a hundred people with an M16 if you got a shirt. A hundred. That was on a Tuesday. That was a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday after lunch. Yeah, John Rambo could take, uh, you know, uh, a bullet. He can take a crossbow. He can take anything. So, what's the premise behind that whole story? I know he was like an ex-Vietnam vet who ended. They ended up hiring as a mercenary. Well, if you really break it down, he had a horrible case of PTSD. Probably the worst in history. People should study him. And the last Rambo, they just made the last Rambo about four years ago. Okay. It's the most violent movie you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, but I'm he goes, he takes on the Mexican cartel. What? Yeah, and wins. On a Wednesday. Yeah. On a Wednesday. Well, because they killed his niece. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, you know. You know know the crazy thing about a lot of these movies like that is that it always involves the kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, of some of some innocent young white world girl or something yeah. type where you got to rescue her or something. Yeah. Funny enough, this one was Mexican. She was oh, she's Mexican. Yeah. Oh, well, then that changes everything. <laughs> okay, but yeah, John Rambo, rest in peace. I'm gonna go with Matrix, man. I've never seen one. Matrix. You've never seen one Matrix? I just don't like science fiction, so you almost made me spit out my body, bro. I should just walk out the room on you right now. Yeah, I don't like, I've never seen The Matrix. The yet. Matrix. Okay. It, this one's way too deep to explain in such a brief amount of time, but I, I, the best way I could sort of synopsize the shit for you is that the way they put it, there's the real world that you live in. And, the and then, yeah, but the only reason you experience the world you live in is because you're plugged into a, a fake reality. Yeah. We unplug you from that reality and you see what the world really is. And it's just the the skies are dark. Uh, Artificial intelligence is taking over the world. And basically humans are being kept in pods as batteries to fuel this this automated system that's running the world. And Donald, and, Donald Trump's still president. And Donald Trump is still president. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's, he's agent number one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, Neo. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Who Lawrence Fishburne came and rescued from the Matrix uh, ends up being the one to save the world. I mean, you know, it's way too deep to get into, uh, but the fight scenes are ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, the, the, the revolutionized fight scenes. And everybody in there is dressed just cold as fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? My third one and final one for the series is Die Hard. John McClane is one of the baddest dudes. He Saves his ex-wife, not his wife. Hey. He, he saves his ex-wife mm-hmm. from um, German goons. Hans mm-hmm. um, uh, basically takes over Nagatomi Plaza in the first one. Argyle's down there in the limo, you know, playing Christmas tunes, waiting for John to <laughs> get his shit together. John forgets his shoes in the car and uh, making fists with his toes and barefoot takes out. Not one, not two, seven goons and Hans Gruber. Let me tell you something. That's all I need to know. What else do you need to tell me? That's it. And then not only that, he he does it on a plane. Then he does it in New York. Then he does it in Russia. Then it got stupid. I never saw that. (laughs) Well, he lost all his hair, so it just didn't make any point to keep doing it. And my last one with the time we got left is the Mission Impossible franchise starring Tom Cruise. He all over the world. 
kicking ass. He's in the Mission Impossible Foundation. Yeah, the, the special effects and the, and the and stunts in those are incredible. My man does his own stunts. You can't front on that shit, bro. Yeah, he's on it. And you know, speaking of which, I'm gonna, like a, I'm gonna give it 411. I'm gonna give an honorable. <laughs> I'm gonna give an honorable mention to Rush Hour and you know National Lampoon's. If National Lampoon's is okay. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. Because sure. Mission Impossible is dope, man. Yeah, we just want to put some fun together for you guys. Uh, we got a part two coming um, coming next. Be on the lookout for us. Want to uh, give a shout out to Tim, our producer. Yeah. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Problematics T H E, and it's at. Problematics with an X T H E. Stay safe, guys. Yes, sir. Love you.